Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another day, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Rob Lowe, aka Super Mundane, and we have a wonderful chat. Um, some really great song choices as well from Rob. Um, and a big thanks to Dean Chalkley, um, former guest, two-time guest um, Dean Chalkley, um, who introduced me to uh, to Rob. And, and so, yeah, thanks loads, Dean. Um, also, while I'm doing the thank yous, uh, thank you to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. And thank you to 76 for producing this podcast. Um, and... Big thanks to you lot for continuing to support Off The Beaten Track. And, uh, and you know, you, you all seem to be sort of dropping me questions and, and ideas and likes, loves and shares and retweets and stuff. And it's it's really nice that there's a community building within this podcast because um, even though, you know, we're, we're on our way out of this lockdown now, it, it's, it's, it's been, this podcast really has been something that's, that's kept my, my head distracted from from you know the the rubbish stuff and has kept me positive and kept me engaging with with wonderful creative people um so thank you um also if this is your first time listening to off the beaten track when you finish listening to my chat with with rob um go and explore the back catalog there's 270 odd episodes now um and you can hear me chatting to all manner of um artists musicians producers comedians uh, actors, you know, uh, a diverse mix of, of guests as, as far-reaching as Maxine Peak to Fatboy Slim to Foo Fighters to James A. Caster uh, to, gosh, Joe Hartley to Motley Crue. It goes all over the place. Swade, Sleaford Mods. Um, go and go and have a little look in that archive because there's a bundle of episodes. And if you'd like to support the podcast, um, aside from you know your your subscribing and your liking and your loves and your shares and your retweets, you can also um, get access to another few hundred shows um, and get extra weekly radio shows and such by heading over to my Patreon. Uh, and that's p a t r e o n patreon dot com forward slash off the beat and track and from as little as a a dollar a month you can get some content over there uh, and by doing that you'll you'll also be supporting the podcast um, right I think that's um that's everything done all of them things that I've just mentioned you can find out about on the website which is off the beat and track podcast dot com beat and not beaten beat and track podcast dot com 
Anyway, please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with Super Mundane. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Right, we are recording. Joining me today, Rob. Hello. Hello, how's it? <laughs> yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. We've already had a, a quick natter. Um, yeah. Found out that you've already had a, a plunge in a Lido this morning, which is a very bracing way to start the day. And uh, <laughs> in the snow as well. In the snow. It's just in my little trunks. I do wear gloves because I, I can't. my hands get so cold. Yeah. I just can't. Do you but wear a hat? I do wear a hat, yeah. although I didn't get my head in today. So <laughs> it's pointless. It was just a decorative device, yeah. really. Yeah, but, it's, um, it's so weird when you see people like you know. Until I'd done a, a bit of wild swimming, like I think you'd you'd see these people sort of getting in the sea in the winter in like a, a pair of speedos, gloves, yeah. and a hat, and you just think, why are you bothering? But then when you do it, then yeah. them extreme it is. It, it, it is the hands and the, the, the... I mean, I always wear the little sock things as well. Uh, yeah. Or, or just to uh, protect me little toes. But uh, <laughs> but it is. It, it does make such a difference, them, them them little sort of extremities being sort of looked after. Yeah, I think the, the cold is dragging all... It's trying to keep you alive, isn't it? Your, yeah. your body's so it's nicking all the warm blood away from your hands and toes. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, <laughs> but it's a good way to start the day. Definitely, definitely. Right, so I'm glad that you're invigorated and ready to go. Um, you've sent your song choices over in advance, and there's some uh, cracking uh, songs on there, as well as a fantastic photograph you sent me. Um, yeah. And uh, we'll get on to that uh, as this unfolds. <laughs> but um, just before, you know, I mean, this is we're recording this on the, the 12th of April, which is the day that... Um, I guess the, the the British public are, are ecstatic about that you can again buy a pint um, in a pub <laughs> outside. Uh, I believe sit, sit in the snow. Yeah, you can sit outside and freeze your plums off having a nice cold pint. But um, people, people will be though, won't they? Absolutely, absolutely. I I, uh, I took my dog for a walk this morning, uh, and it was it was so funny. Outside the, 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 the sort of tanning and nail salon was this huge queue of like young women. <laughs> all queuing up and then I got to the charity shop and there was all of these old dears all queuing up to go in the charity shop and then I got to the hairdressers and there was all of these disheveled looking men all ready to get their their hair cut <clears throat> so oh. I mean we're, we're, we're you know this is hopefully a very positive time that we're coming into now and and you know it's 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 an exit strategy that however much you want to believe the buffoons that that make the rules, like you know, let's let's stay positive and and but momentarily, I do want to look back and just ask you, Rob, how you found the last year as Rob Lowe, human being and super <laughs> mundane artist. Um, I've, I, as most people, I guess, have been up and down. Um, at the start, I mean, I live on a. Um, a street which is like a muse, which um, it's an artist community, really. So I know all my neighbours, and um, I my door goes directly onto the street, so I can have my door. You know, when this time last year it was lovely weather, if you mm. remember, thank God. But it's uh, so I had my door open, and I could still chat to everybody. I live on my own here as well. It's a small, it's a studio flat, really. Yeah. So I was lucky where I I lived. Um, and then on my work, my 
commercial work, which had a lot of murals a lot of the time or installations, that all dried up. So that was a bit disconcerting. But then out of that, I started to do, you know, it, as a kind of creative person, I, I, I tried to find ways to use this as a, as a or react, react to it, really. That's sure. the situation. So I started doing a kid's, well, it wasn't made for kids, actually, but it was just a colouring in mural that I started one day. And I got a wall behind me, and I worked out I could get 36 A4 um, bits of paper on it. And I started one day just designing a page, but the idea was that they would all link up and cover a whole wall, and people could download them for free. And I just did it every day. It gave me something. I got up, I finished off the, um, the, the, the page for the day. I, people could subscribe to it, so then I wrote an email kind of about what was ever going on in my head and then I sent it off and then people started to put things on Instagram and so for the first month that kind of gave me something to do yeah. and really and, and and also gave me people to engage with and all that kind of stuff so and then it's been all over the place and so this I think this year has been harder than the whole thing I've found really. I, I agree with you there Rob absolutely and I, and I think you know I, I can't ever get excited about anything that comes out of number 10 at the moment but <laughs> no. I've got, I'd be lying if I said when there was that exit strategy announced and some dates put in place where things would start to return to normality I, I, I did I, I just felt a, a real sense of joy and yeah, uh, and yeah just kind of holding on to that and, uh, and, and seeing you know things start to resume today has been has been nice and uh and so yeah i'm hoping that uh it's just going to get better and uh and, and and things will return to a uh hopefully a more kind of connected and appreciative normal i mean things have definitely gone on in the last year that have been fundamental you know, change things sure. fundamentally whether or not we slip straight back into things yeah i i, I think things will change you know, and continue and, and and stick, but then other things will will get very good at just forgetting. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and absolutely. just getting on with stuff. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay, well, let's talk records. And uh, okay, and, and for track one, Rob, um, the song with the greatest ever intro, please. Uh, well, <laughs> I picked Bell Bottoms by John Spencer Blues Explosion. Solid which, record. Uh, it is a solid record. Uh, some people might know it now from Baby Driver because it's, mm. it's used as the intro to Baby yeah. Driver, which goes to show it's a good, <laughs> it's got a good intro. Um, in fact, the whole song is almost like an intro if mm. you listen to it. It doesn't really, it doesn't really have any like a structure to it, yeah. like a normal song. And two minutes in, and it's still there's another kind of another intro, and yeah. then another <laughs> intro. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I actually, when I was trying to work out what song I thought had the best intro, I realised actually most of the songs I like don't have intros. They just get stuck in. Mm. <laughs> and, and almost straight away, they're like, bang. I was thinking about, um, like Idiot, you know, Idiot Wind by Bob Dylan? Yeah. And it sounds like, it almost sounds like it starts just after somebody's pressed record. Yeah. Or just before, before somebody says, yeah, it just yeah, yeah. starts. And then it doesn't stop for five minutes. It's just yeah. like, so, I, and then, well, because I think of intros as being almost separate, you know, the, the thing that lays down, the, mm. and they're often a lot quieter, or, you know, and then suddenly you go into this thing mm. where a lot of the songs I listen to just 
bangs straight in. And even this does to a certain extent. Yeah. But yeah. then it changes, and then it changes again, and then it changes again, and then it goes off on its own thing. <laughs> There's also a song that you're going to mention later, which we won't we won't talk about just yet. That that when uh, I was like, oh, do you know what? I mean, it it fits your answer for the question that it, you know you've sent that track over for. But what an intro that's got. We'll get to that later. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, and and also anything John Spencer does, it's it's just got such a groove, hasn't it? Well, I, I mean, I was lucky to see him do this uh, in Brum when I was, before I moved to London, which was in the early 90s. So I used to go to see loads, loads of gigs. I can't remember where, but it was for the album Orange, which is this off. And it was very much his kind of showmanship. And, yeah. And then I saw him again in London for the, the album that followed this, which is Now I Got Worry, I think. Yeah. And um, it's a lot, it's completely different. It's, it's, it's a lot angrier, yeah. <laughs> and it and it felt that when I watched, I saw him, um, but he's brilliant. That was at the Astoria too before it, yeah, got got knocked down and turned yeah. into a boot. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's so it's so difficult when doing this podcast to to not become like Granddad Whiffin or like some kind of old man River and <laughs> talk about you know the you know the, the the loss of vinyl and blah 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 but uh, yeah. i mean the astoria that's a loss that was a loss that one and that's such a venue well it was i guess it was it was quite quite a, a, an unusual venue as well and and for it for it being direct smack in the center you know there's no i mean it, I, I never knew the marquee at all Mm-hmm. It was already a Weatherspoons, I think, when I moved yeah. to London, or it, or it was being turned into a Weatherspoons. That's a weird one, the marquee, though, because I, I played that a few times in in a band in you know in the nineties, and and I remember sort of getting there and just feeling some kind of absolute thrill that I was playing this iconic venue and I was like oh god the, who everyone's been on this stage like, I remember watching like Jane's Addiction on that stage and just thinking oh I'm on the same stage and it was like no no the venue's moved about twice and I was like oh so it wasn't the original <laughs> one I was, right. just like, I was literally thinking I might nick a bit of that carpet over there and, t- and it was just like no nah, it was probably laid about six months ago mate this ain't the same <laughs> I was like oh fucking hell <laughs> well, there is the 100 club around the corner which yeah. is still there that yeah. is still there and I think that may be the original one That's yeah a, I believe it's, it is it's a, well it's a number of I guess it's 100 Oxford Street yeah. isn't it so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but that's pretty much it really they've all I mean I used to go and see lots of bands in the centre lots of small get like the metro was it downstairs yeah. just at the top of um, and needles and all these kind of little small venues and they've all gone I think pretty much I, I think it's going to be interesting to see I mean the reason I know Dean is through Dean used to come to the club that I run uh, in Essex right. and and you know, uh, we're, we're at the moment looking like we're going to come out the other end of it. Um, but I think like some of these smaller pub venues that were just the hive of activity in the mid nineties in, in Camden, etc. Like, yeah, yeah. Be interested to see who, who comes out of this because yeah. you know that it was tough enough for pubs and, and live venues anyway. You know, pre-pandemic. So, fingers crossed. Yeah. Like, you know, we'll see some some venues kind of survive and and yeah. I feel like, yeah, oh, go on. I mean. No, go on. No, go <laughs> we'll on. We'll just keep going. Well, I was just thinking, you know, it's been a year without these, especially the small pub venues, which are kind of my favourite. Yeah. And then when the noise comes back, people will go, 
Yeah, people complain, and they, they, the government can't. They always seem to fall on the side of always. people who they live there, and so many have gone, like because of that. And you think, oh yeah, once people stop getting used to it, and then they'll come back, and then they'll go, oh hold on, I'm yeah, I'm not yeah. happy about it. Yeah. So whether or not that'll even be used an excuse to. More than likely, more than likely, especially when all of these kind of, I guess, poor areas of of, of London that they used to be able to go and gig are now very gentrified and and yeah, you yeah. know everything either side of these venues is probably flats and and apartments yeah. and so yeah, I don't think that helps the situation either. No, no. Right. Well, I'm going to take you back for track two. Rob, and I'm going <laughs> yeah. to uh, ask you for the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. <laughs> so this, I, I mean, I, I I don't really remember much. I'm not one of those people who could have lots have lots of memories from my childhood. So this can't be the first record I heard because, but it's from an from an album called Spin a Magic Tune, and it's the Hair Bear the Hair Bear Bunch. That's the name <laughs> of the song. <laughs> and it's um it's kind of weird. It's the album itself is. I remember it so clearly. In fact, a couple of years ago, I just looked it up, and it's on the internet, obviously, because everything is now. But, but I thought I thought about it all my life. I think. <laughs> and it's this kid and a dog who go on adventures and um, meet basically cartoon characters, and then there are songs that they're nothing to do with the um, cartoons. They're they're all original songs. And all quite. This is, I think it's from '73. So it, I'm born in '71. So it must have been my. I think it was. I've got an older brother who's four yeah. years older. So I think it was probably his. So it'd have been around from year you know, from the minute I was yeah. born, pretty much. And then, um, and it's kind of like a quite '70s funky, yeah, solely. I mean, the whole album. It, it's 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 quite good. Yeah. <laughs> But it was, but the emotion because I, I know I was thinking, oh, normally I love sad music, and normally that's what you go with. But I, yeah. Yeah, as a kid, I, I wouldn't have been interested in sad things, and um, this one, it's kind of got a, I don't know, I could imagine myself dancing to it and and just loving it and you know marching around to it and stuff. So this track isn't from the cartoon, the Hair Bear Bunch. No, no, it's because, an original. Right, because yeah. I looked at the the artwork for it and there's like Rupert the Bear and there's like all of these different kind of from what I saw like on, on, on YouTube is like all these like kind of different sort of famous cartoon characters around the sort of the, the outside of the sleeve and so yeah. oh right so it's actually something written about the journey of this lad so there's this lad and a dog called I can't remember oh Samson and he, he talks it's like oh what's that he's like a grumpy dog <laughs> and he gets and he'd be like, who's that over there? And the, the kid's got this very, it's obviously an adult doing a child's voice because it's not, yeah. it doesn't, doesn't sound like a kid, but it sounds like, a, oh, oh, Samson. And, um, and then they go, then there's like Rupert, oh, there's Rupert. And then there'll be a song goes, Rupert, everybody knows his name or something like that. And then he'll be like, oh, who's that over there? And it'll be, and yeah. But I loved it. As a, I mean, it just was so transformative. You yeah. put it on and you, and the thing is, you'd have to listen to it. I couldn't have listened to it when I went to bed because it was a vinyl record. Yeah. So I must have listened to it just sitting next. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. When I listened to it, I was at my nan's a lot, and she had one of those really big, you know, stereo yeah. side of a side of a side of a sideboard, and um, she just let me play anything, really, which will get yeah. And so, uh, where, where was home then? Was this in Birmingham? So I'm from. Uh, Tamworth, just right. north of Birmingham, 
um, actually a place called Faisley, which is just outside of Tamworth, and right next to a, a theme park called Drayton Manor Park, which is still there. Yeah. So that was there when I was growing up. It's really close. Um, and it's a funny place. Like Tamworth was like, it's a pretty rough place to grow up. Quite violent in the 70s and yeah. the 80s. Um, but, you know, I, I quite like coming from the Midlands. There's something, we're, we're all quite daft, I think. <laughs> there's, there's, no, uh, there's no sense of, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're from Yorkshire or you're from Liverpool, there's a sense of pride and the kind of... Yeah. But if you come from the Midlands, you just like, <laughs> you can't, I don't know. You're not really, you can't, I don't know. We're just idiots. And, but, and just touching on the, the, the thing that you said about the sleeve uh, of that record that you've chosen for this, was when you, I mean, I, I know that it was very much the case for me if, uh, as a kid, if I put a record on, uh, whether it was at my nan's or my, uh, at home, mum, dad, like, my go-to thing would then be to pick the sleeve up and just devour it. Yeah. Like, I wanted to know everything. I wanted to know who produced it. Who, and I didn't know who any of these people were, but I was just, no. I would sit and I would just study it. And th- I mean, I'm no Rod Stewart fan, but there was an album <laughs> called Atlantic Crossing. And it's just, I don't know if you're familiar with a sleeve. It's just this big kind of like, it must've been around the disco era. And he's just got this big pink, like bell bottom on and like, and these, and it's, it's, know, it's an incredible sleeve. And I remember just like putting the record on, not even wanting to necessarily listen to it, but and then just studying this sleeve and just thinking, wow, it looks amazing. And and I just wondered if them kind of sort of processes were already kind of lighting up your, you know, the creative side of what what you know your brain and stuff. I think I think so. I mean, I mean, they're all very. Um, I mean, we'll get onto it with some of the other things I chose because they are definitely oh, okay. Uh, okay. influenced. But I was, you know, I was good at art and I liked, it's one of the only things I was good at, to be honest. And, uh, and then, but all the, you know, as a, as a small kid, vinyl's massive, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, literally, yeah. you know, and a lot of things were gatefold mm. back then. Yeah. So you've got like 24 inch massive thing yeah. that you would completely, you could, literally go into almost. yeah and i had like um things like and there was a lot of inserts and things mm-hmm. like i had elo's uh out of the blue which yeah. had the kind of Wurlitz uh um ufo yeah. on the cover and then you open it up and it's inside the ufo like yeah. a double gate vault our airbrushed thing so it's got it's all that's going directly into my brain and and then also, but also comics. I was really into the Beano and all that. Yeah. And comic um, cartoons on telly. So. Well, well let, let, let's talk art and school and stuff because for, for track three, it kind of sets that up nicely. And, and, and that's the song yeah. that reminds you of your time at school, please, Rob. Yeah. So it's um, Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so this is, yeah, I sent you a photograph of me. Yeah. In my uh, full glory, yeah, <laughs> full, full heavy metal glory, like double double denim. There was an Iron Maiden T-shirt from the market, like one of those iron-on ones. Yeah, you remember that cracked really quickly. Yep. <laughs> Badges on one side, bullet belt, and then we're with my mate, 
Greg, who was a pretty, looks a bit miserable. And the photo was taken by my nan as well. It was, uh, <laughs> but um, but when I, when that was taken, I was still at junior, primary junior school. You know, it's the same thing where I was from. Mm. So I was about ele- I was coming up to eleven, mm. and and that and then so I was, there's a group of us. We're all into heavy metal. This little rampage and <laughs> young mob who just go around listening to Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and then then I based then for some reason where I'm from, you had to go to the school that your brother went to. Right. So I just didn't have a choice. And every one of my friends went to a different school. Oh, that's like, not good. All of them. It's like and then I had to get a bus to where I had to go. So and and so I went into kind of a I haven't really I didn't really think about it until recently, but it's like it went into some sort of kind of arrested development where I know we nobody was into um heavy metal where at the school I went to. Mm. And so I just stayed into it for for the whole of school. <laughs> just just stuck at it and just was a metaler from the beginning till the end when I was desperate to find something else. But and not until college that I get out of that. But. So did did that make you an outsider? I kind of was, but I was also one of those kids who I could kind of get on with anyone. Yeah. I, kind of spoke, I spoke to the, um, you know, I was into all the trappings that come with heavy metal, like uh, fantasy art and yeah. dun- Dungeons and Dragons and all that. And luckily there were people into that stuff. Yeah. And, um, and so I just used to hang out with kind of different people, some people from my estate, but then some... Uh, Kind of intelligent, quite intelligent people at school. Even though I wasn't as as intelligent as them, but le- but I had, could have conversations with them about stuff that might have been beyond my um, yeah yeah knowledge. But I could at least have some sort of conversation. Listen up, I've only got another new sponsor, Egg Fried. It's this super cool clothing label, and. If you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designer's kind of weird sense of humour in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range, and it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, And again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. The, the Midlands does seem to have an affinity with metal. It it really does. Well, it's it's pretty much invented it because yeah. um, Black Sabbath and sure. and then the, and the and then there was the uh, new wave of British metal and which should, I think that was a lot of isn't I think Judas Priest are from the Midlands. They are, and like well, the first gig I ever went to was by a band called Magnum, who um, they're still <laughs> who, going. I think. They are still going, yeah. and Bob. Um, oh God, I forgot his name. Yeah, Bob Catley, the uh, the lead singer. He was the best man at my aunt's wedding. Oh was, wow! And he, and he wore he wore all white, a, a kind of a bolero 
white jacket and white baseball boots with a B on one side and a C on the other. Fucking and, and, hell. And, and uh, bleached, you know, uh, permed hair. Quite a look. And he's tiny. I mean, I'm tiny, but he's like slight and tiny. And that's, yeah, that's the first gig I went to, which was at, uh, I can't remember where it was. It was in, it was, I, I was only, I was fairly, I was 14, but then my dad used to play drums in a band. And so he'd, he'd uh, played all the venues in Brum and all that. Yeah. And then he knew that I wouldn't be able to get into this um, this venue because it's 18. And so I was, and I looked really, really young when yeah. I was, you know, young. And um, so we went along and they took me backstage, which I have very little memory of, apart from somebody pissing into a pint glass. That's all I can remember. <laughs> 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 and then they put me on the side of the stage um, to watch, and it was <laughs> it was in a storytellers <laughs> in a, a storytellers night, and it came on, and it was all um, ice, dry ice, and somebody with lights for eyes in a hood with a storytellers night. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> incredible! What that have been as a kid? That's my yeah. That's my first gig, and then uh, yeah, and then I got. They they toured with Ozzy at one point, and so I got like a really battered up. I got him to sign on my records, and, but he signed him in felt tip, which faded really badly. So. <laughs> anyway, that's, I could go, <laughs> but yeah, that was. Uh, I think I've gone on for a tangent, but um, yeah, that was. I I, uh, I just want to go back to the wedding, like so. So oh right, yeah. I so, mean that, uh, that's insane. I mean, what an outfit, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I remember going, and I was wearing my um, school blazer which hadn't had it's a new one so it hadn't had a badge put on it yet <laughs> so, 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 i didn't <laughs> i didn't have a suit so i was like um yeah that was but yeah that was yeah i remember going around his house and watching poltergeist or something wow then, yeah but he was the well, one of the few bands in i forgot about them actually when i yeah anyway <laughs> so just just going back to school um did you did you know did you have any idea what you wanted to be when you was at school? No, and they really didn't know what to do with you. Was uh, was creativity encouraged at your school? No, not really. Um, they they uh, we had an, we had arts and had a really m- miserable teacher who was ironically called Mister Merry, and um, <laughs> and all the kids hated him. But he, I got well, I didn't get on with him, but he just didn't persecute me the way yeah. it did. a lot of the other people because I was good at what I was doing and um and then they didn't know what to do with it at all I, I, I did I did a, a careers advice thing and it came back one, one of the things was millinery which I didn't even know what that was and a hairdresser or a florist <laughs> they were the choices if you were artistic yeah and um and so I was I yeah, I had no idea. I didn't know that you could make any like a living out of it. Yeah. And then I, I luckily I, I went on a work experience to um, print, friends or printers or something like that, and I found out about graphic design. So it was all just luck, really. It was just yeah. I it, could be, yeah. It's crazy though, isn't it? Like the the how everybody remembers them careers meetings and how they were so off the fucking mark every single time. I don't think I know anyone that went, yeah, well, my careers advisor said I was going to do uh, this. And yeah, he was completely on the money. It's like, yeah, yeah. it was always just the, just a, a box tick, wasn't it? Of like, yeah. of things. And then it'd be like, right, so this is what you can do. And yeah. it was just 
a mile away from anything that was ever going on in my head. I think I was down to be uh, an electrician or a mechanic. And it's yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, that's... I mean, I think it must be different now, but I mean, my, my school wasn't a great school either. And, I, and then I was into, I was into art and I was, I liked quite like, I liked English. Yeah. But then the English teacher left and he was replaced by a young teacher who was just into drama. And then after that, I don't, I don't remember really learning any English at all. Yeah. And, I, and it's taken me years to get confidence with writing and which I, I love doing, but still not that confident with, punctuation or anything like that but uh was speaking of confidence like uh, at school was you was you a confident lad um no i mean i, I no no at all i was really really shy and um and uh i mean i, I was still in, in kind of a way i do now i suppose i'm still shy but i exude a certain but that's not right but i don't exude confidence but i but i can come across that way or I can yeah. or, or I, I do things you know not so much anymore but I used to dress quite ridiculous and it but that wasn't me being brave it's just a kind of way of yeah you know, I just and I used to do that I had a I remember having a bag um covered in band you know metal bands you know one of those green um yeah the army and, type yeah and have yeah. motorhead and everything written on it and and people would just wait around for me to come and pick it up because he was just hated for if you're into. I got beaten up for being uh, not badly, but I got beaten up a few times for being a, a rocker. Really? Yeah, it's just like. I mean, you'd have got beaten up for some <laughs> something just if you're not what the other person is, basically. Of course. So, but yeah, so I didn't. Really, I didn't really have. And yeah, I didn't really have much confidence, and and yeah, that's it's taken quite a long time, I guess, to get confident with but you know you just don't they just didn't think about stuff like that at school at that time yeah I, I, i totally agree with that since 2013 bombas has donated over 100 million socks underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness if we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com 
slash host. Can you remember the first song you bought from a record shop? Yes, well, it's the, the album One Step Beyond by Madness, which seems like one of those good albums to have been your first choice. Yeah. But I can't think of, I honestly can't think of another one before that. I mean, we, I used to record things off the radio a lot. I didn't have a record player up until around this point. And I was massively into uh, two-tone and the specials. And this is, this is when I was eight or nine. Wow. <laughs> and, I, and I used to go to school dressed in, you know, the two-tone man, um, yeah. like white shirt, white uh, black skinny tie white white socks black loafers and my nickname was loafer so before i got into heavy metal i was i was a mob that's the annoying <laughs> and um and I, that's i knew all the names of every every everybody and 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 the, and the madness thing it's just like so it's such an iconic cover where they're all um yeah. leaning back against each other and then there's the inside cover which had all people's fans faces on Toots and a little and like and, their yeah. mates as well, wasn't it? Yeah, there's, there's yeah. A couple and, of their mates in there, I think. There's there's loads of people in there, and they're in there as well. And then it turns out one of my na- an artist, Ian Wright, who's who would be great for this, does loads of things for um, Straight No Chaser, and he's been oh wow, a, a massive music fan, and he's two doors down, and he's got a photograph of him in it, and he's doing still doing stuff with Madness now, like um, doing work with them. Oh, amazing! And then in and then in the middle of it all, there's a woman, a naked woman. That's right. Which for an eight-year-old, <laughs> um, and on the back it's got the um, how to dance. That's it, uh, yeah. So it's like it, I think it's the first time any music I could link music to more than just the music. You know, it was a complete and a cultural cultural um, thing. And I had this. I remember this magazine called uh, Dance Craze that I bought from the. Uh, news agents over the road for us which was about a film which i didn't realize was about a film. Mm. but that had all that had madness and um selector and right. body snatchers and the beat and it was just so clear in my head this was such a you know, and then you know the specials are from coventry as well so they were, they were a uh a midlands band and it, i just loved it it was just incredible like, um, like because for me like and I'm just curious if it, it sort of impacted on you in the same way. And, and it, it, most people of our generation, when I ask them this question, it generally is either the specials, madness, or advent. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah they're, 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 and, and because of the, the, the impact that, you know, they had on, on that scene. And, but the, the thing that I found, and, and I guess you could say the same for all three of the bands, but if, if I, you know, the, the, the visual aesthetic to, to all of them was so stark and so like I, I guess madness and, and 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 the specials you could replicate that as you did adamant maybe a little bit different but <laughs> i tried uh, <laughs> i liked adamant as well <laughs> but i used to put the white line over my nose oh, not always to, not not to go out the house but, you know, and I, I, I had a stick stick with some stuff wrapped around my you know <laughs> but did you because for me, the, the thing I found that was so strong with, with the visual of madness was the videos. 
Yes. And and just seeing music videos which were evolving rapidly around this time as well, and just seeing like madness videos were like these just look like the most fun people you could ever hang around with. Like everything was just like tailor made for it felt like for young lads. Like yeah. madness videos. I don't know how much that sort of impacted on you. Yeah, I I loved it because I, I you know I went on to really like Monty Python and things like that when I was at school mm. and. Um, and all that, like baggy trousers and House of Fun, they had elements of Monty Python about them. The way they, you know, they're dressing up as old ladies and dancing, yeah. that's all very much from, yeah. from, from Python. And so, yeah, I mean, you, as a kid, that you, they were the kind of the fun band from the, all the, the, two, the specials were obviously very serious. Yeah. And, and, but I was, I was totally obsessed with Terry Hall. Yeah. It's just, but um, but he but he was just cool. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, madness. You'd want to, you would have wanted to hang out with. Yeah. yeah. It seemed like just a laugh. Definitely. <laughs> that, yeah. But I do also think that they get criminally overlooked uh, as 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 a band. You know, as 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 songwriters outside of the the fact that they're the nutty boys and they were this. You know sling it on at a wedding or like you know it's you know it's football terrace music it's lads you know, but yeah. it's the, the songs like embarrassment and things like that you yeah know, yeah the, 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 you know i i think a lot of the uh a lot of the stuff that, that that madness have written is as valid and as as strong social commentary as anything like you know other london iconic bands like the, the kinks and stuff have done I, I think madness have definitely earned their place in 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 that gang yeah I think they are good, good songwriters. They're, they're, Massively, and um, you kind of forget because they still are. You know, it's not. not I, I, it's a completely different thing, and, it, and it's not. I, could, I wasn't really into them, but even Duran Duran were it's totally. Really, when you hear them again, yeah, when they're still when they're making new songs, they they made that ordinary day one. I thought it was a really good song, wonderful song. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, but but not that many bands continue to do good stuff you know when they kind of disappear for a bit yeah and they just don't have that longevity about them yeah but there's there's a few that seem to um yeah do it madness are one of them yeah yeah Yeah. and it is a select few yeah it's a select few of bands that have been going that long that continually are still putting out really interesting records and I've, i've had this conversation with friends recently and it's like who is it and like who's left and it's like I think the best we could come up with was probably Nick Cave. And it was like, Nick Cave right, yeah. has been consistent and still consistently puts out great records. Yeah. I think it's when people um, kind of grow up or, or, or don't just go, we're going to do the same thing. You know, this is this is what we were doing. This is what we we're good for. You know, if Nick Cave was doing his kind of birthday party stuff yeah. and rampaging around, he would look ridiculous. I mean, he does it a little bit with... Um, What's the other band he's got with uh, Grinder Man? Grinder Man, yeah. So that's a little bit more, mm. but but he's his new stuff so adult, yeah. It's, which is brilliant for people who. I mean, I'm fifty this year, yeah. And it's nice to be able to hear stuff that's you know not all about young, yeah, <laughs> uh, concerns. Um, yeah. And there's not that many people who sing about that kind of stuff. It's, absolutely, um, absolutely. Um, I remember that a guy, oh, I should just know his name off the top of my head, but I'm terrible with names. I've been doing, doing quite good so far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, um, the guy has Zebedo, you know, um, 
Lou Lou Barlow. Yeah. Yeah. He did a did an album, and that was all about getting to fifty and over, and yeah. you know, the, just the lyrics are about something that you can actually relate to. Yeah. And there's yeah. there's there's very, you know, when most lyrics writers are about kind of new love or uh, just being anti stuff. I don't know. Yeah. But it's yeah. nice. Nice. Some somebody talks about just aching a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> they're the kind of them groans you do when you get up and sit down. Well, there. That's what we need an yeah. album about. <laughs> well, I suppose that's what country music's always been <laughs> true <laughs> which i do i do like country music but... and and just quickly on on um duran duran i mean as a, as a, as growing up around brum did, i mean were they an important band not really because i was so just so metal yeah <laughs> and um but they kind of broke through you know things would break through a little bit yeah. occasionally I'd, 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 so kind of i liked Wild Boys, because that was just a bit... Wild? I mean, it was, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then... Um, but I don't think I even made the connection that they were from Brom until you hear them, and then um, Nick... Nick, what's his name? See, I'm, I'm going to do this. Anyway, one of them is really Brummy. Like, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I didn't really... It's annoying, really, that I spent all... Because all <laughs> I, I missed that... You know, it took me a long time. I'm now. I'm, I'm still tr- listening to all kinds of music and still mm. uh, actively looking for music as well. But yeah, until um, I left, went to college and met other people, and I met um, a mate Dan, who um, so we've, we've been almost every gig I've been to, he's been with him, and we've we've known each other for over thirty years, I guess now. I mean, um, so we and then we just started to listen to all kinds of things and tastes went out there and I finally found the Smiths and things like that. Time to take the bullet belt off, was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it took me it took me a while to cut the mullet. <laughs> did you go for the quiff and the gladiola? Did you did you go full on? I I went full um indie pop. Yeah. I had I had a hair my hair that looked like a mushroom or worse. <laughs> so I'm presuming this is kind of Early nineties shoegazy kind of mushroom bowl cut. Yeah, yeah, that kind of um, yeah, all those. Well, there was I, I particularly liked um, a label called Sarah Records, but then, but all that, yeah, the the, the Sharpton's hairdo. And yeah, the mops. Yeah, and my hair just didn't really do it. <laughs> you know, I had a, a little bit of a. I really wanted it to be, and I didn't know how to tell the hairdressers to uh, cut it like that. So they, I think they just used to always cut it. They didn't lay it anyway. I'm bald now, so it doesn't really matter. But it's like <laughs> well, well, let, let's talk about this period. I'm sure is 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 going to be uh, where we're going with this this next track. And for track five, Rob, I'm going to ask you for the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. Yeah, so I didn't know what to put for this because I didn't go clubbing, <laughs> really. Well, this, so, this is the question that I, I should always... I, I need to rewrite this question because I think everybody presumes that this is about when did you have your shirt off with some glow sticks in this chrome-laden club or in uh, that summer yeah. in Ibiza. This can be throwing yourself around to chapter ass in the local indie night. This can be oh, okay. anything. Yeah, so in that, and that's kind of what I picked. I picked Do You Remember the First Time by Pulp. Yeah. Um, because it is a song I would, if I heard it, I would dance to it. I, it's good to, I just like dancing to it. And I used to dance a lot, um, quite ridiculously. 
And I did go to clubs, but not out of... I, I probably wouldn't have if it was anything to do with <laughs> me. And I kind of always felt a bit out, outside when I went there. No, not that I didn't like some of the music. It was just like, I just didn't fit in that world. I, was a, I liked going to a pub and watching a band behind a pub, you know, in one of those rooms. And yeah. Being in that environment rather than being in a massive space. I mean, you know, I don't go, even now I don't go to particularly big gigs. I go to, go to a lot of gigs, but yeah. if there's 500 people there, that's a quite a big gig to me. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, but at this time, which is the night when I moved to London, which was 96, I was listening to, I mean, there's loads of good music around at the time if you were into kind of guitar-based yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was a golden era, wasn't it? Yeah, but then I, so I was listening to kind of more commercial things like Pulp and um, Dan Sebastian and stuff like that. But then I was also listening to bands like um, Truman's Water um, and a band called The Supreme Dicks, which I really love. What <laughs> were a like, great name for a band. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're such an odd, I nearly put it in there, but I couldn't work out a way of getting it in. But they're like, um, uh, it got over, you know, something you hear on heard on John Peel. Yeah, that that thing when you listen to John Peel for two hours and you get maybe one song that you yeah. like, and uh, and they were just they're very esoteric, um, really quite strange. Two two vocalists, one very quite high pitched, and the other one very low, and they, I mean, their first well, their album was called An Unexamined Life. And then it kind of introduced you. So, you know, you, you listen to something, then it introduced you to other things. So they had a song called Jack Smith that introduced me to, um, that's a whole art scene in New York that was post-Velvet Underground and stuff like that, just through one song, because you try and find out who that is. And um, and I went to see them, like, 20 years ago or more, and they're, just, <laughs> they're hilarious. They just can't play their instruments at all. Not really, and... They, they're such weird people. And then we, I saw them again um, probably about five, six years ago. They hadn't, t- they hadn't done anything. And then Jag Jaguar put out the whole back catalogue, which is too much. You know, yeah. it's like you, you just can't enjoy it if you listen to it all at once because yeah. it, it's just too... But um, there's a really good promoters in London called um, Upset the Rhythm, mm-hmm. which are put on most of the gigs I go to. And they put on this... They put on some the Supreme Dicks at the Victoria in Dalston. And in such a, to suit them so much, it was double booked with this uh, kind of ukulele band, which almost everybody was there to see them. And then there was these really odd <laughs> people going, that's just so strange. And they didn't know what was going on. But when we, they, I'm babbling on, but it's like uh, they, the, we, we, me and my mate Dan, we were the, probably their biggest fans, and we were just shouting for songs and things like that. <laughs> and then one of the guys, one of the two main guys, wasn't there, and he was going, and they were going "Oh, sorry, the guy who sings that isn't here, so we can't play that song." <laughs> and then we spoke to them afterwards, and they uh, they'd fallen out in Scotland, and the guy left, and he's ne- they've never seen him again. <laughs> 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 it's just, it's just what the hell. It's like they're, they're kind of, yeah. Anyway, yeah. but they were, they were a big, important band to me in the nineties. I've not heard them. I'm going to check them out after this. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, they're like, 
But they know it. So then we bumped into them again because we had a big, long conversation with them and then bumped into... I was queuing up. I mean, this all sounds nonsense, but queuing up outside Cafe Otto to go see Thurston Moore. And I just heard this, oh, hi. And it was like them. And they'd just come back from Paris. And they're going, oh, yeah, I think we're getting better at playing our instruments. About <laughs> <laughs> 20 years in. And they're, yeah, yeah, they're, they're going since. <laughs> and, and they're going, oh, yeah, yeah. We're really popular over there. There was like two, 200 people um, came out. And they go, what are you doing? Because they're going to see Thurston Moore. Oh, yeah, we know him. We'll, we'll come in. And it's going, oh, it's sold out. It's going, oh, it's, we'll just ask. It's fine. And then they just got in. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. Anyway. I'm going to take you home for track six. Favourite song from an artist from your home county, please, Rob. Right. So I thought there'd be loads of things from Staffordshire. Mm-hmm. And I thought there ought to be some. But it turns out Staffordshire is pretty bereft of good people <laughs> at least ones that i really like i forgot about magnum actually but i wouldn't <laughs> but i wouldn't have picked that um and then we've got uh julian cobra who grew up right in the village next to mine um which makes it my place what well, it was like an industrial village but his was the proper nicest village mm. uh and then i think we've got robbie williams who's from stoke yes. that's too lost for me stoke's almost almost yorkshire mm. really so, but out of that lot, I would pick uh, Teardrop Explodes. Um, what's it? I've forgotten what it's called. Reward. Reward. Da, 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 reward. Yeah, I really, really like that. There's, so, there's a great intro. Ba, 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 like, just straight in. Yeah. Yeah. Opening, I mean, opening lyrics as well. Like, just brilliant. Yeah. It's a brilliant song, yeah. He, he's an interesting character, isn't he? Yeah. Like he's, uh, I, I wrote to him uh, around 2000, and I think he was when he was doing lots of kind of like eco stuff. Uh, and, and, I, and I wrote to him because I was doing a fanzine, and, I, and, and, and I'd been a, a, a big Teardrop and Julian Cope fan, and just wrote to him uh, and just said, like, um, oh, Julian, like, um, I'd really... Uh, love to get an opportunity to send you some questions like i've just set up a new fanzine uh about you know new music and and i just wondered if it and literally i just got a letter back and just said fuck off <laughs> <laughs> oh, i was like quite honored but a bit heartbroken as well i was yeah. like oh man like i just can't hear it now about him just think picturing him just writing fuck off <laughs> <laughs> Have you kept the kept the letter? That's, it's that's somewhere, a, I'm sure. That's a frame frameable. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't even get a response now. No, probably, probably. To be bothered to write a letter back. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, brilliant. So, what sort of venues were you seeing bands in around Brum? Was was Hair and Hands on the on the, on the uh, the list? Um, oh God, I mean, I, I can't even remember it. I went. You get to the jug and oh, the jug of something in Mosley, mm. um, the hummingbird for bigger. I'd see the wedding present and things like that. There, there was. I mean, I can't. And I, I used to go to an indie club occasionally. At, uh, I mean, I can't actually remember any of the names of the venues. I used to dri- drive then mm. a lot of the time, so I'd literally chauffeur my mate down around. Yeah. <laughs> Not be able to drink anywhere. Yeah, and then chauffeur drunken friends back and drop them all off so I'd, you'd think i'd know the name of the venues but yeah. but i just i 
But there were a lot of them were just small mm. things I was seeing. Oh, but also we went, we didn't get a brum actually. That, that's probably a reason. We didn't get a brum that much. Often went to Leicester. Yeah. Princess Charlotte. Charlotte there, yeah. Um, Derby. Um, Esquires? No. What was Derby? There was uh, one that's... which was a, the warehouse, I think. It was like a long, narrow. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Nottingham. Uh, all those, you know, all kinds of places. But, yeah. And then when I was in Middlesbrough, we went to college in Middlesbrough. We used to go see gigs all the time. Yeah. There, so. I, I, I remember seeing uh, the wedding present uh, a few times, and I was a huge fan, and I remember just thinking, like, they're just like one of the greatest indie bands of all time. And then I went to see, did you ever hear anything that you'd done in, in Cinerama? Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I went to see uh, Cinerama play this this small show in Chelmsford, and I was like, you know, it was like maybe 150 people there, and I was like, wow, it's like David Gedge, like <laughs> this is this is crazy. And I remember as I left, he'd sort of finished, and he was like downstairs flogging t-shirts, and I was like. <laughs> David Gedge is selling like his T-shirts, and like I don't know why I, I'd sort of set him on this kind of plateau next to sort of Morrissey and, and things like that. He doesn't do stuff like that, and I was like, I'm gonna have to buy a T-shirt and I get to speak to David Gedge, and he, <laughs> obviously he was just a completely lovely, warm, normal human being. But I just thought, what is he doing? These sort of people like that don't do this, and uh, yeah, oh, wonderful. And 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 again, that uh, Cinerama, I think, were um, around that time of like. 96, 97, I think, like, were really, really, like, wrote great pop songs. Yeah. I didn't get into them, actually. I was, I kind of, the album that I got into, The Wedding Present, was Bizarro. Mm. You know, every, everybody always gets in. That was the, everybody was saying, oh, it's a sellout album. Yeah. Even yeah. though, even though it's produced by Steve Albini. And yeah, of course. A lot more raw than um, mm. George Best. But because it was on a, because they were making potentially money from it to sell out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and um, I was obsessed with it. I was yeah. absolutely obsessed. I would listen to it every morning before I went to college. I had to get a bus to college. And I had, they had a live videotape. I'd watch that every morning. You know, it's, like, it's that thing when you're a certain age where you can just become obsessed. It's very hard to do that nowadays. Yeah. It is and because the journeys took out of it. I think the journeys took out of it, and the the journey to to get these things that VHS, you know. Uh, yeah. And I've I've spoke about it again, trying not to be Granddad Whiffing on here. <laughs> but things like at school, I don't know if it was the same for you, but like one person in my my school had a copy of Subway Art, and like and we was right, all yeah, yeah. just like trying to get out, like look over the shoulder to see it because you yeah. couldn't just go on the internet and see it and so that journey of you know going into town and getting that VHS or getting that one record where you could afford you would devour it and like and and just become obsessed with it whereas now yeah. I think the fact that everything is so accessible now takes away that a little bit yeah I mean I talk about I mean I do talks at colleges and well well anywhere that anybody will ask me basically <laughs> but, but um in part of that especially to students I talk about I mean I know yeah would probably aren't getting uh, boring uh, (laughs) middle-aged people. But it's I I talk about the process of getting one song, you know, a single or something, and it would involve listening to John Peel, which is two hours. You'd listen to loads of stuff that you didn't like. You'd find one, but everybody's doing the same thing, but finding different things. But you also are being 
exposed to loads of different mm. things, which is important. And then you'd find one track, and then I'd have to go to Birmingham, it was an hour on a bus to get there, and then you'd go to like Swordfish Records, whatever, have a look, see if it's there. It's not there. <laughs> and then and then you go, oh, can you know, we got this, and go, oh, no, we could order it in, and have a big book to write it down. And then you'd go back, and they haven't got it in. <laughs> you know, this, is, and then finally you get it. And you'd be like, and it's another hour. You know, every time I go there, it's an hour there, hour back. And then you'd be sitting with this one, like a, yeah. like a, a seven-inch record, which would be like some sort of, you've forgotten even what it sounds like because it's been three weeks or something yeah. since you last heard it. And you devour the whole sleeve if there's anything on it. And, and then you get back and there's like, you know, in particular, I was thinking of like a song called, by a band called Durak. It's like a minute and a half long. <laughs> and you put it on. And it's like, and then... You bet you might, might be an okay song on the other side. Yeah. It might be a load of rubbish. But that's it. And then, so by the time you get it, it's become almost a religious experience to pop the stylus on. Yeah. So, and then, or now you could, in the time I was saying, talking about it, I also used half Japanese as a, as a thing. And, and I'm saying, yeah, in the time we talked about something, you'll have Googled it probably found out all this information. Yeah. But I didn't, like a band like Durag, who I saw supporting. Uh, John Spencer, but way after I'd heard about them, and they were like some magical band. I didn't know anything about them, and yeah. they were, and because you didn't, they, you only got to know what people told you, yeah. what the band told you. And now you just get everything. And I think when I play like a half Japanese song in a talk, which is like a minute long, if you have access to everything that they do, it's just it's meaningless. It's yeah. got no, it's, and you know, content isn't everything it's com- context it's, yeah uh, absolutely yeah absolutely you, know, you probably had this conversation every time. no no not at all not at all and and, and it was really <laughs> interesting that you know that, that, that there is something that that you feel the same about and to the point where you know you talk to students about the, the value of that journey yeah it was just to say i mean i i'm always i always find everything that we, we view through a telephone well, it's not even a telephone anymore, is it? But whatever. Mm. It's it's the flattening of it. It's the, the way it's just, everything's the same. So, yeah, you were like talking about Subway Art. It's like, now, I, I see things on the, in, on, you know, on my phone that a few years ago, well, when I was at college, you would, it would have been like, oh my God, this is the best thing. And you're like, oh, that's all right. And then you swipe through to the next yeah. thing and it just, it all just becomes decoration and, yeah. and veneer. And even music now is becoming a soundtrack, really, well, to the point that it is literally on Instagram. You can just, you know, I'm doing it with reels and things, and you can pick somebody's song and play 30 seconds of it over some of your It's very strange. And I, whenever I have um, musicians on here that are, or, or producers that, that are making kind of more mainstream pop music, like asking them about the process now of, of making a pop song. Yeah, it's frightening. It's frightening. Um, I, I had um, I had Andy McCluskey from OMD on, and uh, and obviously post OMD he wrote like Atomic Kitten and things like that. It's just as a songwriter. But um, we was talking about Enola Gay and just how it's this perfect pop record. And really uh, is. I, I was saying that, not him. He was he was very humble and nice. <laughs> and uh, but um, but he said. Um, that wouldn't get on the radio now because the vocal doesn't come in within 17 seconds or something. And, and, and I was sort of saying that, you know, like, so, so what's the process now? And, and some of these younger producers have sent me like, you know, literally it's a, a format now because 
a lot of younger people's thumbs are so quick to switch to the next thing that like, a song's not getting a chance to breathe. So like, a pop song now, and I guess you could trace it back to Motown as well. That was very, you know, yeah, short, sweet. You know, start with a chorus, and and that whole thing of like, it's like right chorus. Then it's got to be hook, 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 chorus. No mid late, nothing like that. Like chorus, chorus, and it's like to the fact that these some of these songs are now like two minutes and yeah. and not a two minute art experimental song like which i'm sure yeah. is what you know what you was uh, alluding to uh, with the previous art she was talking about but but just the fact that there's absolutely no fat on the bone it's just pure pop and it's like yeah. where's that gonna go a pop song's gonna become like 40 seconds like <laughs> and, and then that's it like just li- little adrenaline uh, injections. Yeah, you know? yeah. Sacri- there's more saccharine, aren't there? They're yeah, like absolutely. Terrifying. Sweet. Oh. It's. I think there's a. There's an. It's. It's a. Yeah. It's a strange world we're in at the moment because in some ways we're in like kind of a another golden age of music. There's mm. so much amazing stuff out there, mm. but it's all in its own little pots, yeah. you know. So, and then it's so hard to navigate it because it's, mm. it's vast. There's not that many people doing the, you know, if you haven't really got the John Peels to a certain extent, sure. who 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 will have got the vastness of taste, who will then pick out all the, you know, because a lot of the times with him, you'd listen to a track and then you go and buy the album and the track he played was the good track. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and every yeah, and then it, it says that Bandcamp's amazing, mm. but it's 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 huge. It's yeah. like and um and then yeah, and then I don't know if that's because in the, again in the past there's there'd be experimental music that somebody would listen to. There's always some um, buddy in a group of friends who would do you know people who do the zines mm. would opt, somehow I don't know where they got their information from, but they'd always know about some little American band yeah. somewhere and. And they would then filter that out to everyone else, and um, and then the, then that would somebody you know say OMD that they were making pop songs, but they were making amazing pop songs mm. and singing about nuclear bombs, mm. and they must have been they would have been ex, uh, influenced by probably weirder stuff than they were. Yeah. So what I'm trying to get <laughs> really relevant is like the pop music now is just eating itself. It's just yeah. And I don't know that any of the more experimental stuff that then influence somebody that it goes on to influence somebody else that then creates interesting pop music yeah. is um, is happening. It's there's really amazing music around, but it's just all sitting in its own little pockets. Absolutely, or something like that. <laughs> well, speaking of amazing music, uh, and uh, I'm going to ask you to uh, introduce uh, the listeners to this podcast to some interesting music because. For the last track, Rob, I'm going to ask you for a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Right. Uh, I had to write this down because then I might pronounce it wrong. <laughs> it's uh, Kuembo by Sobanza Mimaniza, um, which is a Congolese band, uh, off a um, compilation called Congatronics, which, I mean, I don't know if people know this because people might know, know of it. It's like amazing... Um, uh, African music out of the Congo, but with um, that's been amplified with a lot of buzz and a lot of like through quite old um, amplifiers, and there's a lot of rattle and buzz, and it's 
it's wonderful. I mean, it's just such an amazing uh, song. And the whole album, the, the Congatronics album, is all amazing. But people might know Kanono Number 1, mm-hmm. who were around quite a bit, about 10 years ago, maybe a bit more. They were, they were seen, and they, they had this, they kind of started this thing. But there's like a tiny little area in, in the Congo, and, and it's just so, it, it's just amazing. And you can, there's a video on, on YouTube of um, them playing it, and you can see that, you know, they've got the thumb piano and they've just got like a, ampli- um, probably like a contact mic taped to yeah. the back. And then there's just everybody's dancing. And this is not, you know, there's so much all over Africa, every, all these different countries that I love, like um, out of Ni- Niger and uh, the t- uh, Tureg and the kind of guitar stuff, uh, modern Mokta, who's an amazing guitarist. And it's all brilliant. And it's like, and I think we forget sometimes in the West that everything's so serious and it's always so much about, I don't know. I can't imagine us going anywhere. And a lot of it's like, like Egyptian, I don't know if you heard like Egyptian uh, wedding music. I haven't it's like, there's There's somebody's coming out of that. I mean, it's, it's probably a distorted version of it. It's like Eek, I think it's called Islam Chipsy. Anyway, but it's amazing. And it's just all, you can dance to it. It's, it's, um, and it's like really interesting rhythms that are going on. Uh, and it's celebrating, you know, in this kind of case, it's celebrating the the, the noise that we're trying to get rid of, maybe in, yeah. in Western productions. It's, um, so, yeah, it's just wonderful. Well, we put together a, a playlist um, uh, on Spotify um, of uh, the songs that we've discussed today. And if some of them aren't on there and there's YouTube links, I'll add them to the... The bio yeah, I don't as well. Spin a magic tune, uh, the hair bear bunch isn't on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, as we uh, touched upon earlier, we're, we're eking our way out of um, the, the, the cracker situation that we've all been experiencing for the last year. Um, Rob, looking ahead to a, a, a more connected and, and, and brighter 2021, um, what are you looking forward to, um, Rob, and what's happening um, professionally? Um, I'm looking forward to what I'm really, really looking forward to is that time when I can just do something without having to plan it. <laughs> sure. You know, that's one thing. And I, I like going to, you know, one of the things I like to do just on my own is like I go to a gallery, go somewhere, go, for, you know, go for a walk and find a nice pub, go and get a pint, uh, and read and sit there for a, an hour or so. And I really enjoy enjoy that um also obviously see friends that'd be really nice uh and oh you know i'm, I'm going to be 50 in august so i don't even know what i'm doing for that so yeah um, but it will be nice to see a few people and yeah i don't i don't know it's like i mean luckily we're coming into the uh summer when we're coming out of this as well so just go swimming in lots of different places lovely yeah, and then professionally, I'm just doing more of the same. Hopefully, I'll be I'll be able to do more bigger bigger works. And um, I've got a look of. I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, this week I'll be able to talk about. But I'm going to talk about it anyway. But um, it's a, a great big mural in Covent Garden uh, next to the London Graphic Centre there, just off Seven Dials. Yeah, it's like a three story. It's a huge thing. Wow. And um, 
and there's not really anything like that around. It's just it says that creativity is in all of us, and it's very bright uh, on Mercer Street. So that's um, when, once I can Instagram that, it will be I will be talking about that a lot. But yeah, uh, but yeah, so things like that I enjoy. And just I, like, I love doing small things as well, like tiny projects. Everything I just you know, enjoy coming up with ideas. And if people want to keep up to speed uh, with everything that you're doing, where's the best place? Yeah, Instagram. So it's just super mundane um, on Instagram. And I put various things on there from my work. But then I do a few, I put up a song, I occasionally do these stupid songs. I do songs at the end of my talks, sometimes usually about um, art related or typeface related. And um, But then I started doing just, so I just put one up saying, uh, song yesterday that's um doing nothing in brackets is doing something yeah and it's just a song like that. and uh, i did one that was a call today is today about not knowing what day it is but mm. knowing that today yesterday was yesterday and tomorrow will be tomorrow and today is today <laughs> that's anyway i do stupid things like that as well and so are you happy for me to to, to tag you in this when uh, when this episode comes out so people can just uh follow the link yeah. and, and, and click it yeah, wonderful yeah. Rob, it's been an absolute joy talking records yeah, with you today. Uh, thank nice, you so nice start much. to the week. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Thank you very much, Rob. All right. Thank you. There you go. Rob Lowe. Super mundane. What I t- well, he's not super mundane. He was super lovely. Um, and, yeah, I, I hope he's got... Even if you've got a fraction of the joy that I got having that conversation, you've just had a good time because... Um, that was a, a, a real joyous chat and thanks again to, uh, to to Rob for giving up his time to to have that chat with me thanks once more to Dean Chalkley for facilitating that and, and introducing me um, and yeah and thank you to you lot for for listening and uh, and supporting the podcast um, I'm back next time in the meantime um, go and explore the back catalogue 270 odd episodes go and explore um, all the content and radio shows and video episodes over on the Patreon and, and, and get stuck in there for as little as a, a dollar a month and uh, and I'll be back next time um, yeah stay safe lovely people and, uh, and be excellent to each other see you later bye bye I've got an announcement save our souls clothing www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in Southend-on-Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out. 
because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beaten Track Podcast. It's Off The Beaten Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Ain't a monkey.